Hi, and thanks for tuning into the Bacon Warrior Podcast. On today's episode, we talk about Dane Fife taking a job at Indiana, Rocket Watts entering the transfer portal, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier Episode 3. Stay tuned. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not impressed at a first time MLB player hitting a grand slam off his first pitch to bring an MLB game within 10 runs. <laughs> I'm Spartan Dog 97. Lucas is here. Lucas, what's going on? Uh, you know, we're an audio medium, so we can't, so the people can't see you, but you are in fact wearing a Detroit Tigers shirt. I am. Uh, I want to represent the D today, you know, like uh, our King Dan on Twitter. You know, I'm giving the thumbs up. Um, I just, it, you know, they got their ass beat the last two days, but I, I kind of find myself watching the team a little more already because with Hinch, I feel like there's a direction that we're going in as opposed to Gardner just felt like he was a sort of stopgap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like the, the future's a bit brighter. Like there was, um, there was a big feeling with Garden hired that he was just kind of like a, that it was just kind of transitional guy. And even then Garden hired didn't make it two full seasons. So, or three full seasons, I think. So that was not cool, but you know, that we're probably about two, two years away from being truly, truly competitive. And this yeah. actually, this actually gives me, good headway to talk about my hottest I think this is my hot my second hottest take um my hottest take being that I think Jesus was gay um I can I can explain that one real quick if you want Uh, I'll let you go for it all right so so here's my so here I'll do the Jesus is gay thing first because we just we need we need stuff to talk about off the top of the show a guy wandered around a desert for years, years with 12 other dudes and like no sexual, nothing like desert is basically just open air prison. Do you know how cold that motherfucker? Do you know how cold the fucking desert gets at night? It gets cold. Yeah, very cold. Because because the ground doesn't retain heat. It's all fucking sand. You're telling me there wasn't some cuddling and then one thing led to another. His closest female confidant was a goddamn prostitute. Didn't hit once, not once a prostitute, Lucas. Uh, and he's like, let me wash your feet. He basically queer eyed. He queer eyed Mary Magdalene. Uh, Chad called himself the other disciple whom Jesus loved. That's fruity as hell. I'm not touching this. Hoop amongst us hasn't had an ex-lover get us arrested by the Roman authorities and sentenced to death. That's my theory. Judas was a spurned ex-lover who cashed out and was a petty bitch, spilt that tea to the to the Pharisees and to the Romans. 
and just got Jesus strung up, you know? Another person of color sentenced to death by the state. All I'm saying. All I'm saying. That is an observation. You went to Catholic school, right? I did. Yeah. yeah me too. Yeah. That's I, that's probably, you know, that Catholic school probably did more harm than good for me, honestly. You know, if if I shared that take with a couple of my friends who I met through Catholic school, a couple of them would probably just kind of do the whole silent treatment as, as a sign of rejection. But there's like one or two who would kind of laugh and go, you know, I could see that. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you a question because I think that we need to talk about some MSU news and yeah. talking and, soldier <laughs> and whatever, but uh, I think this is very important because I, I think that there are, there are two experiences you can have at a Catholic school and whichever experience you have is going to vastly affect how you feel about not just religion as a whole, but like societal structure. So your Catholic school, was it mixed gender or single gender? Mixed. Okay. See, I, I was, I went, I was all boys. So oh, wow. you went, you, your parents went hard. Yeah. They went hard in the paint and I swatted that shit away. Like Marcus Bingham. Did you, how long were you there? Did you go K through five or did you go later? Just high school. Oh, just high school. Yeah. Uh, my, my last act as a public school kid was having sex, which was metal as hell. Um, before I entered in the ninth grade. So and I'm going to bring that up at every opportunity. Wow. That's, he, that's quite the turn. Cause like I was K through five Catholic school. So like kind of did the, op- not the opposite, but you know, it's just different time frames, Right. And of, our, I, of our lives. I think it might stick a little more at the younger ages. Mm-hmm. I went to Lutheran preschool. Okay. Yeah, I did too. I'm losing. But I didn't go to, I didn't go, I went to public school until ninth grade where I went, where I went to Catholic high school. Did, did your parents say you think you needed a, think you need to have the, the hands of God on you? No, it wasn't anything <laughs> like I was a, I was a troubled child or anything. Right. I think I got in more trouble at Catholic school than I did at public school, honestly, but hmm. No, I think it was like my mom had grown up in in the area I live in now. So she, you know, the school had the school had existed for for decades and she knew the reputation the school had. Right. So they had the means to send me there. So it was just, you know, it was a matter of choice for me ultimately and I chose to go there. But okay. you know, I was just curious about it. And I wouldn't regret it because look, I've milked seven minutes of podcast content off of this, off of this one theory I came up with when I was stoned. So it's, it's a theory for sure. But back to my other hot take analytics have ruined pro sports. And I'll tell you why, because analytics, I feel like has, has kind of gotten to the point now where there's more incentive to tank than there is to do really well. There are exceptions to this rule, obviously, right? But 
I feel like as advanced statistics, you know, kind of have matured from the from the Billy Bean Moneyball era, we've gotten to a, we're at a point now where if you don't if you're not one of the four teams who can who can carry a massive payroll year to year and consistently compete for championships or you're one of the two or three teams who who is who just who struck some draft luck and is able to to and is able to hit on a couple under the radar free agency signings then there's really no point in fielding a competitive roster yeah and like if you're one of those if you're one of those if you're a fan of one of those teams then you just have to accept the fact that your team is going to be your team is going to be actively trying to lose for 5 to 8 years at a time in hopes it's not even guaranteed right in hopes right. that you have a 2 to 3 year window where you make a deep playoff run yeah like i think the like the padres and the phillies are kind of entering this window right now and it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out for them because honestly, I don't think the Phillies have the talent to, to, to be a championship contender. No, I, I mean, you got Bryce Harper, but. The Padres are a bit of a different story, but you're not going to hang any division championships in the NL West. No, with, with, especially with the Dodgers having a, was it a quarter billion payroll pretty much? Yeah. And, and I mean, you go to the AL Central. I mean, like the the Cleveland Indians, who were who were three outs away from the World Series five years ago, their payroll is like less than whatever the whatever the Mets are paying Lindor. I think they're basically fielding a Triple A team. So. And it's not just baseball where this is happening, right? Like you saw it, you see it more and more in basketball. You know, you see it more and more in hockey. And like the worst part about basketball and hockey is like, there's a lottery system in place that doesn't go far enough to punish teams who are actively trying to lose. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, they can use the excuse of the salary cap being so low. Right. If anything, the lottery actively fucks the worst teams in the league over more often than it assists them. Look, look at what happened to the Red Wings last year. That was a travesty that they didn't get a, the top pick. Right. I mean, like it was a statistical anomaly. So, right. but like the analytics said, you know, we should do this. So uh, reject modernity, embrace tradition. Just everyone should go balls to the wall um, and, you know, just sign home run hitters. Don't worry about if they get on base or not. Who cares? Uh, On base percentage are for nerds. Advanced metrics are for nerds. Um, Just get brain damage for my entertainment. God damn you. In conclusion... (laughs) 
Having said that. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, all that being said, uh, we have a couple big pieces of MSU news to talk about, Lucas. Yeah, now that my Now that my long rambling preamble has ended. Uh, Dane Fife is leaving. Uh, Dane Fife, who was, you know, guest of the show and assistant assistant Michigan State basketball is leaving to head back home. He's going back to Bloomington, Indiana to be on Mike Woodson's staff at IU. And pretty much we we kind of expected it. Yeah, I mean the the way he talked about Bobby Knight in in the interview that he had with us um you know he still loves he still loves Indiana a whole lot um and you know I don't blame him he's ha- he had a lot of success at Indiana as a player so I think him I don't think him leaving was was that much of a shock I think him leaving to become an assistant was kind of a shock like I you know personally I view it as a lateral move yeah I mean we do but to him it feels like a promotion because you know he put you know we talked to him for like two hours you know he played there he grew up didn't grow up there but played there he one of the few people in this world like you said earlier and like he told us on our pile of them who still loves Bobby Knight and who actually like, like Bobby Knight. Um, he has an affinity for it. And I, I totally get it. Like, like I said earlier, when, when mama comes calling for you to come home, it's really hard to say no, um, unless you're in an absolute dream situation. Like Chris Beard left for Texas, his dream, his alma mater. He didn't take, he basically, it was basically a lateral move pay wise but obviously Austin's way more appealing than Lubbock for, for obvious reasons. But um, I mean, yeah, it's a lateral move on paper, but to him, I get why he left. And I was going to be shocked if he didn't join the staff personally, it's, it's a good move and he's a hell of a recruiter. He landed a lot of big time recruits and it's, it's going to be interesting to see Mike Woodson's building a staff that I think is going to make, it's going to be like the Herm Edwards of, uh, college basketball. Yeah, that I was just about to say that actually before before you um, before you started talking. Like I, you know, the the way Mike Woodson is kind of putting his staff together in conjunction with Dad Mata makes me feel like this is going to be a CEO. Mike Woodson is going to approach this from a CEO type angle where he's not so much in the trenches day in and day out like like Izzo is. But he's more of a, you know, he's more of an overseer, right? He, he, you know, he kind of looks at everything from a, from a distance, from on high, and intervenes when necessary. But he's more in charge of of setting directives more than he is actually com- coming up with lineups, drawing up plays, managing right. managing the roster, things like that. Yeah, it's. I'm very curious to see how this season folds unfolds for them because one of their other guys came back too. I forget his name, but um, uh, right around, right around the time the Fife news broke, one of their, um, one of their starters decided to come back in, in his words, make Indiana great again. (laughs) 
Right. Um, you know, I think that's, um, I think, I think that's, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, Fife, Dane was a coach. Fife was a great recruiter. Um, it's, it's a shame to lose them. You know, it's a shame to lose a great recruiter, but right. You know, at the end of the day, we're Michigan state. We'll be fine. Um, it's, it really sucks that this wasn't two weeks ago because then we might've had a shot at Drew Valentine. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what sucks. I mean, the, the timing couldn't have been worse. Although, although I had a feeling Porter Moser was gonna, was gonna leave regardless. Mm -hmm. If he didn't take Oklahoma, he would have taken Texas if it had been offered to him, if Chris Beard had decided to stay in Lubbock, um, things like that. So yeah. I'm not particularly I'm not particularly shocked that no. Porter Moser left, and you know, obviously, you know, the the experience Drew is going to get going to get it at Loyola is. I'm, I'm very happy for him, and a lot of people were just psyched about the move, and um, you know, if that if that gives him you know four or five years of a head coach experience, and he he does a good job, and a certain someone decides to hang him up after two or three more natties. Not, not the worst situation to be in, but that's just me dreaming again, like I do every pod. I think I think of all the situations a first-time head coach can inherit, Loyola is probably among the best-case scenarios. Well, and it's it's familiarity, and it keeps it probably keeps your recruits, you know, for the most part. Yeah, and there I mid- heard a lot. Drew was behind a lot of the stuff. Was a big part of Porter Moser's success. Yeah. And, you know, he's, you know, it's, they're a mid-major machine. They're, you know, they're, they're on the cusp of becoming a national brand. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're fresh off, you know, they, they just went, they just went to the sweet 16 after going to the final four, two tournaments ago, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're a hot commodity in mid-major college basketball right now. And plus, they have Sister Jean and Jesus on their side. Um, gay, gay Jesus. Uh, oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, so it just, this just came across our desk right now. Yep. Um, as we're recording, Jalen Terry is in the transfer portal. Lucas, thoughts? Whatever, man. He, he could have been a really good piece for MSU this year especially after all the shit we went through with this team, whatever. I mean, there's no spot for him now. I'm sure part of him was like, oh shit, maybe there might be a chance for me with Rocket leaving, but we've got Tyson Walker. I mean, I've been surprised, but there's no room for him and I don't, I don't want him. I'm not trying to be a dick to a kid transferring, you know, to better a situation, but he had a chance to come here and like, uh, you know, and Tim and Eric, you blew it. He blew it. That's my thought on it. Yeah. Um, speaking of blowing it, Paul Pierce. <laughs> uh, just what a what a weekend for for the boy. My God. That broke. That was going on during the Gonzaga game. I mean, Twitter was already you know, ablaze with how uh, we'll talk about that game later with how, um, how epic that 
that performance was between those two teams. And then out of the blue, I checked the feed. <laughs> Paul Pierce has these strippers twerking by his back. King shit. Dudes, dudes rock. He's just being a guy, man. He's just a guy, dude a guys, guy. guys being dudes, dudes being guys, dudes fucking rock, man. This I'm getting my, I'm getting my 5g vaccine. I'm getting my 5g chip on Thursday. I'm very excited. Um, that Paul Pierce video is, is the mood for my vaccinated summer. <laughs> You're getting Johnson and Johnson, right? Yep. I'm going to get two Johnsons and then all the kitty in the world, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Paul Pierce just got fired too about 10 yeah, minutes he did. ago. He, he did. <laughs> it's the biggest no shit in the world. Uh, <laughs> He just posted. He just posted something from his Instagram story. It's him laughing. He's just laughing with the hashtag he smile. He doesn't need that. He's got millions of dollars. He he's living the life. He's retired. He you know he had a great ESPN gig. Well, for until today. I mean, he had strippers on call. Well, he's married too, so that's that's the interesting part. Listen, it, you know, just guy dudes rock, and if he's not. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having strippers at your house if you don't touch them. <laughs> just if let them come in and hang out. Right. You're just, you're, you're hanging out with some friends. Yeah. Whom amongst us hasn't popped that pussy for our friends, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I love that. Like, I, I listened to part of my take this morning. I love that, like, you know, he posted that IG live and then yesterday at like, four or 5 p.m. just tweeted good morning <laughs> like just randomly just kind of going, eh, did, I, did i miss anything guys that's baller it's so yeah. baller i mean he had to know like dude you're fucking done like whatever just go for it man just fucking go all out <laughs> <laughs> um you know we're we're at um oh man Uh, sorry. I just, I'm, I'm getting distracted all I, as, as you can tell, I'm in a punchy mood. I'm in a punchy mood this fine evening. Uh, so college basketball coming to an end. Um, our torture ended weeks ago, but, uh, you know, we're recording this before the game tips off at one uh, AM Eastern standard time. Right. So I think a good, I think a good exercise to do would be to uh, say a little something about both teams in case they won. So here's how we're going to do it. If you're listening to the podcast right now, the game is over. You know who won. So if Gonzaga won, keep playing. If Baylor won, fast forward like 45 seconds. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to keep distracting until I can see on the timer that we're at the top of the minute. And then we'll talk for 45 seconds about Gonzaga. Okay. Congratulations to the Gonzaga Bulldogs on their first national championship in program history. And by completing the first undefeated season in nearly 40 years. Uh, What an incredible season by the Zags, Lucas. It's fucking awesome. I'm, 
I'm really happy for Mark Few. I know him and Tom Izzo are really good friends. So it's, it feels like a MSU national title. You know, we, we kind of get that with them. Um, so I'm going to claim part of it as ours, but all joking aside, it's a fucking amazing accomplishment. It is. It's truly fucking incredible. And, you know, there's going to be those naysayers that they didn't play enough games. They're, they're 31 and 0 or 32 and 0 now. Pardon me. Uh, 32 and 0. That's it. They did it. Yeah. I mean, to win. <laughs> yeah. They, they're at the, they're at the mountaintop. There's, there's yeah. no stopping them. Okay. So if you're fast forwarding, stop here. Uh, now we're going to talk about Baylor. So if Gonzaga won, now you can fast forward 45 seconds. <laughs> and if Baylor won, start right here. Congratulations to the Baylor bears on winning the national title. Um, you know, them and Gonzaga were billed as the two best teams all year. Um, we were robbed of, of their matchup in December because of, because of a COVID outbreak. And, you know, Gonzaga had to overcome a lot this season. They had, a, they had nearly a month-long COVID pause um, that quite obviously affected their play once they, once they were on the other side of it. But, you know, they, they came out on top, Lucas. They, they truly yeah. did. First national title in the school history, uh, Scott Drew. Amazing job from when he started in 2003. Just a trash heap of a program to build it and what it, what it became tonight. It became something better. It became an, an elite program in my mind. What, what this, this could be the stepping stone for greater things for Baylor. Correct, yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm I'm answering. Yeah, and you did it without after without having to cover up any sexual assaults. So, uh, the, you know, double great. Not a lot of coaches can. Not a lot of coaches can claim that. No, including Jizzo, Shardy, Shardy, three and nine, Shardy. <laughs> Izzo had Walton sleeping in his basement, Shardy. Oh. <laughs> well, congratulations, Baylor, Scott Drew. Yep. You got 28 and two. You guys were awesome. Yeah. You know, you, we got the one versus two matchup. We always wanted uh, all year. And for all the people who were freaking out about a, a UCLA Houston championship game, don't worry. It's over. Hep Cronin can't hurt you anymore, but hepatitis can very much hurt you. Yeah. So um, make sure, you, you know, wear a condom. Um, when you're engaging in premarital sex, even though I wouldn't do that, that's fucking gross. It's disgusting. It's the I can't. Ugh, I can't even. Ugh, I can't even talk ugh, about it. Ugh. Uh, and you know, get tested regularly. Um, I believe there's a vaccine for hepatitis A, so I would make sure to get your you know your hepatitis A shot. Uh, as far as Hep Cronin goes, Hep C. Uh, you know. Just, he's done. He's over. Can't they hurt showed, you anymore. They showed Hep Cronin a lot in that game. Like, more than, like, celebrities or, like, you know, if, if the coach had a good-looking wife or even just the coach's family, you know, just regular family members, it was just, like, every every time they pan the crown, hey, there's Hep Cronin. He's, like, picking his nose, digging for gold. Which like, we get it, man. It's cool. He won't give his son a hug until he wins a national championship. I felt bad for Mick. 
That's just a joke. But which Alabama quarterback's girlfriend did um oh did Brent Musburger come in his pants for? I think McCarron. McCarron, yeah. Uh Hep Cronin was shown more than AJ McCarron's girlfriend. Shown more than I think the Manning brother who's not playing in the Super Bowl. Was it AJ McCarron's girlfriend? Yep, Catherine Webb. Yeah. Yep. No wife. Good for him. Yeah, good for him, man. Uh, what was I going to say? Where <laughs> was I? Oh, yeah. He, you know, Hep Cronin was shown more than a Manning brother at a Super Bowl that the, that the other brother is playing in. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm reading the Wikipedia for her. It's so good. <laughs> the biggest section is BCS National Championship Game appearance. <laughs> Musburger talked about Webb when the broadcast image centered on her face as she sat watching the game in the audience. Musburger referred to her as a lovely lady and beautiful. Remarked to his broadcast partner, Kirk Herbstreet, you quarterbacks get all the good-looking women. (laughs) Musburger then punctuated his comments, exclaiming, whoa, and wow. (laughs) That's the best part. And then remarked that Alabama youngsters should start practicing football in the backyard in order to meet such women in college. Awesome. Just sorry. That was awesome. Mind blowing. She's like a model and everything. And it's like her biggest part of Wikipedia is <laughs> that one five minute segment. I, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the Sopranos all the way through for the first time right now. Oh, you are. Yeah. Go theme song, man. Go opening song. All time, all time theme song. Oh, but you know, I'm. I just got. I just got at the episode where Livia dies. Oh, I hated her. But you know that when when she would be at you know when she'd be at family dinner and she would just like talk about like families who died or whatever, like irrespective of the conversation, like AJ would be like, "Hi, Grandma." And she'd be like, I heard about a family in San Diego that drowned in their car. <laughs> That's kind of what Musburger reminded me of in that moment. Like he just had a senile, like went back to being a horn dog teenager looking at a looking at a 1956 Playboy. Right. <laughs> just reverted Man. back to youth. I'm not much further than you. We stopped watching, but I am past I am further than you but that's the one show i need to finish i I need to finish sopranos great show so um damn (laughs) so yeah that you know congratulations to the baylor bears or the gonzaga bulldogs yeah no matter what you your winners last night yeah you know there there was one shining moment you guys you guys took a hold of it i'm proud of you so rocket watts um rocket yep. watts uh transferred uh he's in the portal although some people would say uh the portal isn't a physical location so technically they can't be in the portal um suck my dick how about that just slob on my knob uh Checking with me if that if you get worked over if you get that worked over something small like that, you, your priorities are not straight. Right, it's like the people who would go. Uh, regardless isn't actually a word. 
Suck well, my dick. Actually. Fuck off. Yeah. Well, actually. <laughs> well, actually, you can suck my dick. Uh, you know, Rockets in the portal. Uh, I don't think either of us were were really shocked. Um, I can't say no. I was I was particular. I'm 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 shocked. You know, I can't say I can't quote Ron Burgundy and go, I, I'm shocked and offended and hurt. But I can I can do this. I wish Rocket all the best. Um, you know, when he's used correctly, which I don't think he was for the majority of this season, um, he can be he can be a prolific game changer on offense. And, right. you know, it's kind of weird because my gut reaction when I heard he was in the portal was like, I bet he'd be a really good fit at someplace like Louisville. <laughs> and one of the schools on the list is Louisville. LSU is after him too. So it's just a very, um, you know, I think he'd be a great fit at at most high major programs, honestly. Um, I just think it was a perfect storm of a stuff that a perfect storm of scenarios that he just kind of, got the short end of the stick of, mm-hmm. you know, it's unfortunate, but it's not Rocket's fault at all. And, you know, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be a fantastic, he's going to be a fantastic ball player for whatever, for whatever school he ends up at. So. Right. I mean, he's not a, I wouldn't call it a bust. I would just say it didn't work out. Like he's, he's a guy that needs to just shoot and, you know, he doesn't want to be coached that much. Um, but you know, you can't forget, like he averaged 18, a little over 18 a game in that final stretch last year that got MSU out of, you know, being third, fourth place into a tie for the big 10 to get the third straight title. Um, you know, he had his moments, you know, but like, I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, man, there's only like seven or eight games that we can remember rocket, like truly being great for like the Duke game. And the Michigan game this year are the ones that I can remember. And, you know, the you know the Michigan game last year, he was really good in at home. Um, and then the obvious final four stretch. But, you know, I just don't think it was the best fit in the end. And, you know, lessons learned. But it's too bad it didn't work out. But he's, he's going to thrive at a place like Louisville, which – he had a good relationship with uh, Chris Mack before he left Xavier because he left Xavier in 2018. <clears throat> and, uh, I don't know, Z- yeah, see, Xavier, duh. Yeah, I'm thinking McCronin yeah. for some reason. I know they hate each other. Um, and, you know, LSU, they can just drop a bag and say, <laughs> well, Wade can just do his coaching and just throw the ball out and sit on the sideline and check his cell phone. But, um, yeah, I – I wish him luck. I'm always, I'm always going to root for him to succeed. I was a big defender of rocket. Like I said, on this pod many times and um, bummed it didn't work out, but you know, no, I'm not going to blame the kid for going elsewhere to try to better himself and his, in his situation. Yeah, I, no, definitely. Um, you know, that's it, it just, I'm, it's just, it's bummed out because when rocket plays well, I mean, he's, you know when Rocket is playing well, he, he's so he he's so captivating to watch, and 
it just it just sucks that he's not he's not going to be around anymore to to kind of provide that captivating experience for better and you know for better or worse. So that yeah. you know, and and like we said last week, we kind of figured it would happen, or at least I think I went on here and said it was going to happen probably, or hinted at it when you know he went on his IG live a couple minutes after Tyson Walker committed and just kind of shook his head and he had some lyric about like, Oh, I forget. I had it memorized, but it was like, these bitches don't trust me or something. And that was it. It was a very short live and all of us were just like, yeah, he's gone for sure. So, you know, best of luck to best of luck to rock wherever he lands. Yep. Yep. Good luck. If you, if you listen, and I know you don't, but if you do, Hey, go, go kill it somewhere. And listen, hopefully there's not a weirdo who's going to trade shoes out of your window at whatever program you land at. You listen, Rocket, please come on the pod and tell us about that, please. Dial in. Dial in like the phone dial. (laughs) Open invite. Yeah. I will make it worse. (laughs) Uh, And I know... There's whispers of another trans of, of some more activity happening soon with MSU basketball, but we'll wait and see. I'm I'm curious as to what it's going to be. <laughs> what? No, our uh, I'll I'll send it to you. Um, I... <laughs> so, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, you know, I'm I'm very curious to see where where this where this show is is going to end up um cuz it just it seems like they keep setting things up and they only have they really only have 3 episodes to kind of to kind of shore to kind of close everything up and they keep introducing shit right like we're halfway through now and now like Sharon's back in the picture and like I don't believe this is going to sound really bad. The Wakandan who is at the end, the, the, the Royal guard who is at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. That was not Okoye, correct? That was, it's someone, it's another. I think it's a, n- another Wakandan soldier. Okay. So it's not, it's not Okoye. Cause I thought it was her. Let's see. Wait, I'm, now I got to look. Okay, you look that up. It's Ao, 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 and we haven't met her before, right? Mm, she was in the Battle of Wakanda and Infinity War. Okay, but she she's um she's not she wasn't like a frontline actor. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm with you though, like. Uh, I I really like when I really like the show for some parts, but at the same time I'm just like either the final episode's gonna be you know, we're three weeks away from it, either the final episode's gonna be some basically a movie, or it's gonna end or they're just gonna botch it and just leave a lot of open holes for um phase five. Yeah, I don't you know, um th- I'm very, um, yeah, because I don't know. I 
I don't think we ever talked about the ending of WandaVision, but honestly, like I felt, I felt a little burned. Hmm. Um, I was kind of expecting a, a bigger, a bigger kind of, a bigger payoff, a bigger, you know, a kind of, a kind of, a bigger bang at the end than what we ended up getting. Yeah. Um, Cosmonaut Pitcher Show, a YouTube channel I really like. He reviewed, uh, he reviewed all the Marvel movies, and he described a lot of Marvel movies as having what he called the evil robot Jeff Bridges problem, mm. where like the antagonist of of a movie is gonna have, you know, has a similar power set to the protagonist, and it's just flipped. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Jeff Bridges and Iron Man 1 and Red Skull and Loki and things like that, right? Yeah, that's that's one of the glaring things about the MCU. And I, I really, overall, we can, we can both say we love the MCU. But, I mean, I kind of had this, this thing of after, you know, the first couple movies, like going in thinking it was some excellent cinema. And then I got burned by Thor The Dark World and it just warped me. For a little bit guardians brought me back in but then i thought avengers 2 stunk and you know but then i just kind of realized you know these are just big dumb comic book movies you know we can think about it a little bit like we thought during wandavision we thought you know oh my god michael fassbender is going to show up oh my god is that rabbit mephisto but you know it's just i just realized like it's very straightforward for the most part yeah and, and i think go, go ahead yeah i think the thing that I think the thing that pissed me off the most, honestly, about about the WandaVision finale was was the Evan was the Evan Peters casting, mm-hmm. right? Because I know I know that Kevin Feige ain't dumb, right? Oh. I know I know the I know the brain trust at Marvel isn't dumb. I know no. they're aware of the of the newer Fox X Men movies, right? So if you're going to cast Evan Peters to play quote unquote Pietro and then you're going to you're just going to build this up and at the end it's a dick joke you just make a dick joke <laughs> Ralph Boner Yeah <laughs> Boner Yeah uh, that that felt I kind of felt like you just slowly deflated a balloon after that i'm like man i said to cassie like that stinks and the finale was fine but like i think the further along this series went on the further you could tell that the that covid might have impacted it more like that that fine that the finale felt a little like yeah the finale went, felt oh, shit, we gotta end this thing that's what it that's what the finale felt like to me too like they were close enough to finishing where pausing wasn't gonna pausing was gonna harm more than it helped right and but they had enough time to finish like they could see that they were gonna get shut down right like i'm assuming filming wrapped sometime in late february early march right where everyone kind of knew what was coming right but nobody knew for sure right so they were like they, they were filming this in like the summer of 2019 yeah, so it was like, fuck it, we got to wrap. We'll we'll wrap it, and then if we have time to, and then if it 
if it turns out we have the ability to reshoot it, we'll reshoot we'll reshoot some stuff, and then they just never got you. So they so they yeah. ran with it. Um, that sucks, but I mean, it, I should be grateful for us getting some Marvel content again. Yeah, and you know, obviously, this show has this show did pause production mm-hmm. on this show did pause. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they use that pause. Um, I, I'm not overly impressed though. So far. I'm, you know, I think it's a better. I think it works better as a as like a TV show than than WandaVision did. Like as a as like a tell as a piece of television content. I think it's I think it's better at doing television than than WandaVision is. Do you know what I'm Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it works like a buddy cop. Um a good cop, bad cop, like right. Like if you Wednesday night it, thriller. If you stripped it of, if you stripped it of the Marvel licensing, and it was just Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie bust out a, bust out a warlord to to go across the world and stop a disease from spreading, right? If you just took the base concept of the third episode and expanded it out to ten. Mm-hmm. Then I think Netflix would give them like five million dollars, and you know would give them all the money in the world to make it. Oh, for sure. But you know, I I do agree. I think it's a weaker. I think it's a bit of a weaker Marvel product, a weaker Mar- MCU entry than Wandavision. Yeah, if that it, makes any sense. Like, it, it feels more filler than Wandavision did. Yeah, but we're still getting a lot of cool the biggest easter egg this week is is Madripoor where they went you know Madripoor if you if you're not if you don't know is um is a, is like a mutant is like a mutant sanctuary oh that's right so um you know it's kind of like a mutant it's like a mutant hangout spot so that's where that's where Wolverine spends a lot of time um in the comics um I believe that's where the Wolverine was supposed to take place but there was some there was some rights thing like the 2013 Wolverine movie mm. so you know obviously having this having this movie having this you know, kind of pop up in the MCU is going to be interesting. And, and Dr. Selby, who was the short haired, who was the short haired woman who they, who they were scouting for information that the Sharon Carter popped off. She's in the, in the comics canon, she's a mutant. Yeah. I think I'm looking at it right now. So, you know, we are getting, you know, it is expanding the universe, but I agree. I, you know, um, we saw the trailer for Loki today. I think Loki is, I think Loki is, you know, Loki's going to be great. I love me some Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah, he's I'm kind of in a, and I think Owen Wilson works best in a, works best in a duo when he, when he's bouncing off somebody. So I think him and Hiddleston, they're going to be really fun to, they're going to be really fun to watch. 
Yeah, I haven't seen the trailer, but I don't need to. I'm already sold on Loki. I'll watch the trailer, but I'm sold on it. It's it's going to be baller. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't, you know, Bart Scott can't wait, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's... That's all I got for this week. Unless you have any parting thoughts on parts, parting thoughts on anything. Did you watch uh, Godzilla vs Kong? I did not yet. I have not had the opportunity to to watch that yet. I was planning on watching it tomorrow night. No, I went to IMAX just to just to go, and whew, I mean, you know, if you're looking for a a, a very thoughtful plot or a a movie with good human characters don't watch it but like it's just awesome to see like big dumb monsters fight each other and you know beat the fuck out of one another for you know nine you know 100 minutes and the human characters are just there to move the plot along they're there yeah. to move along move along and that's did all they- you need them to do that's what they did wrong in the second Godzilla movie and kind of the first one too but like, I was just sitting there like dumbfounded, like, "Whoa, this is fucking awesome!" And it felt good to be back in like an IMAX theater watching that shit. And, and I uh, it can made I, a lot of money, so I think I think that's really good for the future of the movie industry. Yeah, theaters are back, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question because um, I'm mm-hmm. I'm interested. Uh, how is Millie Bobby Brown in this one? Because I don't I know if you again. what yeah. she didn't. I mean, She's she's in it. Um, yeah, I know, but like, how was was she like better than she was in King of the Monsters? Yeah, King of the Monsters, she was very whiny, and I get it because her mom sucks ass, and her dad's just kind of like, <laughs> kind of a bumbling idiot at some parts. But um, she is better in in this one. Like, um, the New Zealand kid from Deadpool two. Yeah, he's like her friend, and he's he's just there basically to like. Say the dumb cheesy one-liners. That's so it. He's like the soy banter is Chapo Trap out. Like the soy yes, banter. He's the, the soy, soy boy ban- of the of the movie. Yeah, he's the soy banter kid. And okay. Brian Brian Tyree Henry's there for like plot exposition. And but he's good. You know, he chews up the scenery. He he knows he's in a beam, you know, like a sci-fi movie. That's he cool. knows he's, he knows what he's there for. And like our my good boy Kyle Chandler's in there for like two scenes. Um full eyes. Did he but, did he did he talk to did he talk to Godzilla and tell him you know full lot uh, clear eyes full heart can't lose? No, but <laughs> just gives him a pep talk before Kong comes and fights him. Yeah, uh, you know the the Friday nights the Friday night lights music plays and he goes <laughs> you know you sit there with a rolled up piece of paper and the in the Dylan in the Dylan in the blue and yellow Dylan windbreaker. This giant lizard just sitting there staring at him. Um, yeah, she. I think the the human characters were were way better than King of the Monsters. I was appalled at how they were using King of the Monsters. Like, well, speaking, I, I, well, two things, two things before we wrap up here. Yeah. Uh, one, I asked about Millie Bobby Brown because I don't know if you got a chance to check out Enola Holmes on Netflix last year. No, I haven't watched it yet. I heard she's really good in it. She's awesome in it. Uh, she, you know, she, she's great. Um, so I bought a lot of Millie Bobby Brown stock because up until then she was just kind of like the, the screaming girl, 
Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't get a lot in Stranger Things. No. And she didn't get a lot in King of the Monsters, but Enola Holmes just completely reset reset my perception of her. So I bought a lot of stock in Millie Bobby Brown. And two, we were talking about the Sopranos earlier. Vera Farmiga, who's in King of the Monsters, is is cast as Livia Soprano in The Many Saints of Newark, which is coming out later this year. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. She, she, I could, I could see her as a younger um, Olivia. So here's the I, one last question for you. Mm-hmm. What is the more um, no-brainer casting of the Many Saints in Newark? Uh, James Gandolfini's son as Tony Soprano, or Corey Stoll as Uncle Junior? Oh, <laughs> I just looked at the cast. Oh man, Corey Stolas Jr. is like the <laughs> that finger emoji, you know? Yeah, I don't know what it's called, but it's like the chef's kiss. The chef's kiss, yeah the the Italian oh. the Italian hand gesture emoji. B- Billy Magnuson as Paul as Polly is pretty good too. Yeah, uh, I think he's gonna be interesting. Oh my God, John Bernthal is Giovanni. He's Jackie Boy, yeah. Oh my God, he's Jackie Boy. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this movie now. Um, no, I mean it's it's cool that um, that Michael Gandolfini gets to play his dad. Like it, it gets him, you know, he's Tony or uh, James has been gone for I think eight years. I mean it's it's a cool little nod to like, hey, you know, let's let his son play him because obviously he looks pretty close to him. And, you know, why not? Like, there's, it's not the biggest deal. And, you know, he's only 22 years old. So it's kind of cool for him to kind of connect to his dad, you know, on a different level. Yeah, he said, he said to prepare, he watched The Sopranos through for the first time. Uh, the first time he watched The Sopranos was him preparing to play, <laughs> to play his dad. Seeing his dad getting lap dances and all that shit, like yeah, just uh, fucking, just fucking a therapist and passing out from from stress. <laughs> oh, oh my god, yeah, Corey Stoll's Junior Soprano, Uncle Junior, just that's a no brainer. We need uh, a we need a ball guy who's a dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Corey Stoll. Corey Stoll. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this movie. We need a stereotypical Italian guy and a bald <laughs> dickhead. How about John Barenthal and Corey Stoll? Corey Stoll was a bald dick in uh, Ant-Man. Bald dick in House of Cards. Bald dick in House of Cards. Bald dick in uh, Black Mass. Um, he was a bald dick in First Man. He was Buzz Aldrin. You know, he was a prick. He wasn't like a prick in terms of like, he was mean to people. He just like said what was on his mind, but like, I think it still applies. And he's also in the Spielberg West side story. So I'm sure he's uh Lieutenant shrink. So I'm sure he's going to be a bald dick in this one. Yeah. I've never seen West side story. So me neither. I'm just going to wait for this one. Cause I'm sure it's going to be the talk of every, you know, it's coming out Christmas. So it's, it's going to, everyone's going to go ape shit for it. Right. But yeah, great, great casting. Absolutely. Great question. That, that was, that's a great way to end it. All right. Uh, we're wrapping up here. So uh, congratulations to Baylor and and or Gonzaga. I don't know why the and or is there. One of them's going to win. Congratulations, Baylor, or skip ahead a couple seconds. 
Congratulations, Gonzaga. Absolutely. My sentiments exactly. Uh, all right. Lucas, go green. Go white. She said, yeah, can we get married at the mile? I said, look, you need to cry for your ball. Come and meet me in the bathroom style. And show me why you deserve to have it all. Ball so hard. That she crack. That she crack. Ain't it, Jay? Ball so hard. What she order? What she order? Fish filet. Ball so hard. Yo, whip so cold. Whip so cold. This whole thing. Ball so hard. Act like you ever be around motherfuckers like this again. Bougie girl, grab her hand. Fuck that bitch, she don't wanna dance. She was my friends, but I'm in France. <laughs> I'm just saying, Prince Williams ain't do it right if you ask. Me, cause I was him, I would've Mary Kate and Ashley Was Gucci my nigga? Was Louie my killer? Was drugs my dealer? What's that jacket, Margiela? Doctors say I'm the illest Cause I'm suffering from realness Got my niggas in Paris And they going gorillas huh? so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me Don't let me into my zone. I'm definitely in my zone. 